Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to Food for Thought Live. <laughs> a podcast gab fest wherein a multiracial mix of queer writers gather on stage to talk about <laughs> sex, identity, culture, what we like to read, and who we like to read. <laughs> I'm Tommy Pico. Um, I'm a poet and editor, and my second motherfucking book came out this month. <laughs> I'm Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer, total switch, and, <laughs> and recent convert to the Church of Baby Arm Dick. Oh, oh my. <laughs> Just recovering from that one. Okay. Uh, I'm Fran. I'm a writer, editor, and I actually like that new Katy Perry song. No. Like, no. I'm. <laughs> left, I, left. Left. I guess we have our favorites. Okay. <laughs> What's up? I'm Angel Nafis. I am a poet and an asshole. <laughs> and a lesbian if and till when Tommy decides to... Oh. <laughs> I would switch for you. Food for thought. May the thoughts be ever in your favor. <laughs> And yes, thank you so much, Angel, is uh, in our venerable fourth chair this evening because Dennis, our normal fourth, is at the McDowell Colony right now, America's premier artist colony, putting Woo-woo. the finishing touches on his debut novel. Yes. And it's fine, it's fine. just so you know how baller that is for Dennis, well, first of all, Angel was going to be a McDowell fellow, but she did not apply. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Alice Walker finished her first book, Meridian, at the McDowell Colony. Um, Willa you can, Cather. You can clap for Alice Walker. <laughs> it was like a half clap. That's and right. <laughs> uh, Willa Cather, Spalding Gray, Michael Shabon, Jonathan Franzen. <laughs> and also, James Baldwin wrote mm-hmm. Giovanni's Room at McDowell. NBD. It's like, so, pretty okay. So you're in good company, D. Dennis, come back soon. We love you, baby. Joe, Yes. will you tell us what we have on the menu today? Yes. Tonight, rather. Tonight, we read some gay smut. Tommy <laughs> is going to finally let Teebs speak. Mm. <laughs> we go for a walk in nature, and we end, as we always do, with one final delicious bite. Mm. And my stomach's growling. How about you? <laughs> So this week in our uproarious appetizer segment, Amuse Boosh, we're going to play a game called The Plot Thickens. So our Thought Patrol up here broke off into teams of two. Each team selected a few book titles from the Goodreads list of gay erotica. (laughs) And they'll each present two short plot descriptions. The other team has to figure out which one is real and which one is a fake-ass plot. (laughs) And then we'll probably throw it to you, too, to figure it out. 
So our first book. These are real book titles. Real books. It's <laughs> really important to clarify that this they're really 100% real books that you can purchase. For like, they're all about 99 cents on Amazon. <laughs> so we're like, buy, like, buy nature poem and then buy. <laughs> uh, so Joe and I, Joe and Teebs are team Jeebs and the not-so-giant peach. I still think Team Toe is much better. Team Toe is not happening. Team Toe is not happening. And then uh, Fran and Angel. Do you have a team name? Yeah, the team name is Frangel and the Hadley Street Dream. Make some noise! I've seen Solange five times in concert. I'm going to see her two more times. (laughs) Not joking. Disrespectful. (laughs) Our first book is called Dick. It's what's for dinner. (laughs) Joe... Read the first one. Yeah. Blake is hungry. Fired from his summer job, he won't make any money until he gets back to campus in the fall when his former boss sends him an email asking him to cater a private dinner. He feels like he can't say no. But little did Blake know... Power dynamic. Little did Blake know (laughs) that he was to be the main course. Oh! Will he bail or be eaten alive? Oh. Oh, okay. Alternately, Dick... (laughs) It's what's for dinner. Vern. (laughs) How you doing there, Vern? (laughs) Vern. Vern and his friends work as stripper cooks on on, on a military spaceship in the center of the universe. Sometimes... Sometimes wearing only a tiny chef's hat on their large, pendulous members. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Y'all are in the splash zone is what I'm, I'm like almost fatigued twice. Ooh, as if thrusting into his best friend wasn't dramatic enough. Vern is thrust into the middle of an intergalactic war. Can our cocky cuisinier also <laughs> Can 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 <laughs> Cocky Cuisinier also play the role of slutty space fighter. Just as, and to, to, in my 20s, one of my 60,000 jobs was writing back cover copy, FYI. Uh, <laughs> which one's real, boys? A or B? Girls? I think it's A, personally. Um, oh, I guess we should, we should no, vote, a, we vote as a team. Yeah. Like, like, we can have separate votes within our vote. <laughs> yeah, it could be like the Electoral College where it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like the Electoral College. <laughs> I, think, I, I think it's B only because you couldn't keep it together. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I usually can't keep it Tommy together. Tommy cracks himself really? up whether it's I know, that's what I'm saying. You should see... Tommy will be like, <laughs> I'm hilarious. <laughs> like, I'm a treasure. Like, I feel like it... I speak it into the world. May- what do you... Okay, audience A or B? One, two, three. Which one's real? It's like evenly split. It's evenly split. Okay. They're conferring. Oh, wait, we're going to... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We're going to say B is the real one. That's correct. That is correct. Oh. Yes, B is correct. That is correct. Although A is now my novel in progress. <laughs> All of us. All of us. Take it away. We had um, a Google Doc. It was a whole thing. We had a Google Doc. You know um, it goes down in Google Doc. So, for Team Frangel, um, we have 
The Wolf and Gucci Loafers. <laughs> I feel like I already know him. Um, okay, so f- first description. Meet Maximilian. <laughs> okay, the names are just insane in these descriptions. Max is a well-to-do entrepreneur living in the Upper East Side. He has everything, a six-figure job, a penthouse apartment, a shoe collection to die for. But there's one thing he can't find in a size nine, true love. Okay. Okay, Fran. Okay. Then Brian came along. I have to say Brian is spelled with a Y. That's really important. A rugged Brooklynite who loves barbecue and doesn't know the difference between Versace and St. Laurent. This is about you and me, friend. Just when Max thinks he's falling in love, he learns one minor detail. Tate is a werewolf. That is a fucking twist. (laughs) Now, can Max settle their social differences and learn to tame the beast? Ooh! I just have to say that I feel like I hate that I feel like I'm too good for that description, but (laughs) but as you're describing, I'm like, say more. (laughs) I am a little too. Do tell. (laughs) Okay. Alternatively, the wolf and Gucci loafers. Lindsay just wants someone who will take him as he is. An impossibility for a guy who is half human, half werewolf. Too aggressive for humans. <laughs> too, too gay for wolves. <laughs> Been there. <laughs> Lindsay has never felt at oh home God, anywhere. He tries to content himself with life as a successful businessman. But when a mysterious kidnapping takes place, Lindsay meets Seth Zawowski, a hunky cop on the case. Can Lindsay be his true self? Is Seth's shabby wardrobe really worth howling for? Oh, God. Howling. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) I feel like A is real. Yeah, I do too. Because, because, I mean, just the, the name spelling. Okay. Audience, A or B? A. Yeah. Almost raising hands. We should do hand raising, but. Yeah. I think A. I'm, I'm going to go with A. We're going with A. Okay. A as what? As true. As true. As the true plot. It's the fake one. If we let Fran win, he's going to be insufferable. I've dated men who wear Gucci loafers, okay. It's like that, my you know home what should have tipped me off? It was that Stan Walsh, that very particular last day. I was like, that yeah. is, how did you, you didn't True. make that up. That True. Was, <laughs> True. All right, so book number two for Team Jeebs and the Not-So-Giant Peach. Team Toe. Co- no. Uh, there's, there's cock in this book. <laughs> so subtle. We wanted pro- to project the covers, actually, as well. They're great. Next time. Go Put it in the show notes. show notes. Mac D knows the score. He's fine being gay, but will hide, as, will hide it as long as professional hockey is his job. He pretends to hate the locker room hazing that leaves his butt cheeks raw and covers up his life in seedy gay bars. But when a troubled new t- teammate arrives as a trade, Mac might end up fully exposed <laughs> in front of his team, his coach, and the world. Oh, zang. Zang, 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 zang. Alternatively, <laughs> there's cock in this book. 
Mac is the owner of a small organic farm in upstate New York, known especially for its prize-winning chickens. When Frisky... Har, 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 when, when Frisky, owner of a rival farm, starts sniffing around the hen house to learn Mac's secrets, the old adage proves true. There's room for only one cock in the coop. But... What started as a bitter rivalry turns into pure animal lust, ending in perhaps the hottest gay farmhouse orgy in, in modern letters. <laughs> a Tuesday. So I guess I feel in my spirit that you were so like channeled and into the second one that... And also, some, it felt like slightly good writing. Slightly good writing. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Sort of like Blurb like your next of, book with that. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like that's... So, I feel like, A, like TM, like yeah. copyright that, but... Yeah, second one. The second one is real. No, second the second one is false. Yeah. Yes, the second one is fake. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, so we lose. <laughs> Do we know? We just lost. You lost. Oh, okay. okay so it's, it's okay. So the okay. second one's fake. The second yeah. one's fake, what? yeah. No, that's... That's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. Oh. We are too drunk, you guys. <laughs> oh, my God. We had drinks. It's fine. It's that one's a wash anyways. <laughs> yeah, it, that it was you. You were that like was killing. Oh, okay. It was literally was like a one-man show in this bitch. Oh, so two points for us. Yeah. A farm in upstate New York, Tommy. Fuck you. <laughs> There's cock in this book. <laughs> do we do okay. one more? Okay, yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> frat boy and toppy. <laughs> say, say the title one more time. Frat, that is frat boy and toppy. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> one fan I yeah. see out there. <laughs> A really good laugh okay. back there. Sign up for my mailing list. <laughs> Rick, <laughs> Rick is college sophomore who just bit his way into thigh, thigh, omega. <laughs> the most ex- <laughs> the most exclusive fraternity at Dixburn University. Oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> just when Logan thinks he's had it all figured out, Carson happened. Carson. <laughs> 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 the night of Thigh Thigh Omega's initiation party, Carson and Rick have an initiation of their own. But the top dog he is, Carson must protect his reputation as chapter president. And their relationship stays under wraps. How long can they keep this going before it's discovered that their bond is little more than just brotherhood? Mm. Alternatively, Brad is great at meeting other people's expectations. But his own, not so much. This is about you, This is my memoir. Um... All right, Carrie. Take the, gay <laughs> Take the gay thing, for example. It took an encounter in a shower with his frat brother's hairy ass for him to finally come to terms with himself. <laughs> then he met Sebastian, a geeky hot... Oh, my God. Splash zone, as I said. The geeky hot TA in his history class... <laughs> Someone really loves history over there. Uh, Brad... Brad is all of a sudden interested in office hours. But... Sebastian's attention lies with his one true love, the Industrial Revolution. This can't be real. That cannot be Meanwhile, 
the only revolution Brad is having is the one inside his heart. <laughs> exactly. Aww, Brad. Exactly. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> I think chapter, chapter one. one. Yeah. <laughs> I think Angels is there, right? Yeah. It was August. <laughs> we think we we think Angels is real, but what do you, what do you all think? A. A. Yeah. A. We think A. We're going A. A. I could tell by the joyous look on Fran's face that it was wrong. Sci-Fi Omega is the best thing I've ever read. Like, <laughs> hands down. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Okay, so uh, our next book is called Dark Lord Seeks Friendship. <laughs> Maybe more? <laughs> Dark Lord Seeks Friendship. Yes. Maybe more. Being an evil genius is lonely, no matter how many dementors he may command. In this sexy and funny rewrite of an unnamed teen franchise, <laughs> we see the soft side of our dark lord and ask what if he just sought out the companionship and dominance he always needed. <laughs> Maybe Lord V would chill out if he could make good use of his parcel tongue, if he finally had a little help polishing his elder wand, or if, or if he finally could get a Death Eater to come inside his chamber of secrets. Shut it down. Alternative. I really wanted to okay. read that. Okay. Calm down. Or Dark Lord Valenth is the merciless is merciless and horny. He once had the 7th Division of the Army gangbang him until he couldn't walk the next day. <laughs> but the life of a despot can be lonely, and what he really craves is a companion. So he decides to put out a personal ad. Dark Lord seeks friendship. Maybe more? Can Valenth, Valenth find the man he needs to give his heart and his ass a good pounding? <laughs> Ugh. So we're going to say that one is the real one. That one's the real one. Audience? Yeah. yeah. We got it? Yeah. You yes. Okay. Oh, man. The last one is, is my personal favorite. So the title of this real book <laughs> is Big Bone Lick Pack. That's it. Big Bone Lick Pack. Thank you. Welcome to Big Bone Lick Pack, the most friendly and easygoing pack of werewolves you'll ever meet. So many werewolves. But watch yourself. A grizzly bear is on the loose. Don't worry. The brave men of the Boone County Park Rangers have everything under control, except maybe their own love lives. Am I right? <laughs> Shortly after, Sheriff Seth Price is attacked. He is rescued by Kane, the pack's alpha bottom. <laughs> that one, that that one had, I know, it had a, a delay, and then everyone was like, all right. Y'all peeping the poetics? Are y'all peeping the poetics at foot right now? Now they must track the grizzly together, learning that maybe this isn't the only bear they have to worry about. Oh. <laughs> alpha bottom. <laughs> Conversely, big bone lick pack. <laughs> Whether it's diving deep in the Black Bottom Rivers or going for a romp at dusk at the foothills of Hard Rockies, this cast of rowdy beasts will keep you on your toes and keep your toes curling. Mm. But all's not perfect mm -mm. as it seems for the big bone lick pack. <laughs> <laughs> 
It never is. When it, <laughs> when it comes to passion, the gang's got you covered. But who will protect them from exposure against Lieutenant Andy Fuchter? <laughs> Step inside for a foxy love, that's, a thrill activated by Moon, and sure. find out, can the small town of Hickamy handle the truth? <laughs> I read that, and I just got Andy Fuchter. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I... Oh, I don't know. B was too good to be true. <laughs> it, was, it, was. it was way too good I think to be a true. Might be real. I think so too. We'll go A. No. Wow. Final answer. A. A is the a real is one. The good one. job, guys. Victory point. Oh, thank God. Also, big bone lick pack. I was just like, is that like the gay like Tinker Taylor Soldier spy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Martin Scorsese coming soon. <laughs> big bone lick pack. All right. So I think it's time we get to the meat of our conversation, the thought process of T H O T. This is a part of the thought oh, process, okay, okay, right? Okay. Which uh, Angel, would you would you intro? <laughs> okay. So, uh, how many have heard of a human being slash mythical creature called Tommy Pico? <laughs> That's like. <laughs> kind of believe you, mostly believe in the splash zone up here, but like, I see like several bearded foes in the back, like how many of you have heard about this mythical creature, Tommy Pico? I see you. Okay, okay. So I'm gonna say a couple things. First I'm gonna read this uh, beautiful cover jacket bio that we have popping over here, and then I'm gonna say a couple things. You ready? Okay. Tommy Teeps Pico is the author of IRL Birds LLC 2016, Mixed Noise Birds LLC, and House, Represent, Junk, forthcoming from Tin House Books, and the zine series Hey Teeps. He was the founder and editor-in-chief of Birdsong, an anti-racist, queer-positive collective, small press, and zine that published art and writing from 2008 to 2013. He was a Queer Art Mentors Inaugural Fellow, a 2013 Lambda Literary Fellow in Poetry, and a 2016 Tin House Summer Poetry Scholar, where he met all these lovely thoughts Woo. up here with you today. Makes noise of poetry and writing bringing hoes together. Yeah. 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 And it's just like a, a sidebar. I like, you know, it, applications aren't fun. And so like anything I can do to convince myself not to like apply for anything, I'm like, <laughs> that's fine. I get it. Community, I get the concept. But then you guys said you met there, and I'm like, yeah. am I going to apply now? Like, is that, <laughs> like, is a nigga going to make some friends finally? Like, <laughs> Originally from the Vieja Indian Reservation in the Kumeyaay Nation, he now lives in Brooklyn where he co-curates the reading series Poets with Attitude, PWA with Morgan Parker, and co-hosts the podcast Food for Thought and is a contributing editor at Literary Hub. Please make some noise for yep. everything that I just said right now. Make some action noise. <laughs> Okay, so I feel like I can trust that y'all are here because you have good taste, mm -hmm. obviously, and you're here because you're obviously whores, which is <laughs> kind of really, it's like the Venn diagram of like good taste and whores. Mostly like the, alpha It's bottoms. mostly middle section. It's like, it's all in the, the crossover yeah. in between. I don't know how many of y'all out here are like, truly and for real in your homes 
in your private lives, like reading poems. Like, make some noise. Yeah. Are you reading poems? Okay, I don't know. I don't know, because, like, I'm a poet and I read poems, but also I just, like, be watching movies. So, like, I don't really know what you're up to. So I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. But I want to say, like, there are poets out here, you know, doing beautiful work. I don't know if you've been in a bookstore lately, mm -hmm. but it's popping out here. And it's really contemporary. It's really, like, young folks are um, sort of, like, reclaiming mm -hmm. poetry. Like, I, I don't know if, like, I, every time I open up, some fucking crusty, stale-ass article that's like, you know, is poetry dead or something? I'm like, well, these checks keep clearing, fam. So ah! Really not sure what your experience is. You see what I'm saying? I'm out here with, like, a savings account and, a, and an IRA, nigga. And a, you know what I'm saying? I'm planning for future angel out here. And I think what we want often is for things to you know be like rich and like beautiful and like textural and and to happen very fast and to experience the goodness of it right away um in this like sort of micro kind of fashion and so we want like typically like shorter poems I, it's like really hard for me to read essays like they're very long and whatever <laughs> yeah. um and what i find deeply special and deeply necessary is what our dear beloved Tommy Pico is doing in Nature Poem and in In Real Life IRL. I don't know, shout out if you have that as well. Which is fucking with this tradition of the epic poem. Yep. Which like, who has been fucking with that since old boy Homer? Like nobody really, right? <laughs> and I wasn't fucking with that either, right? Like I wasn't really, I was like dead that noise. This message comes from iHeartRadio sponsor, Mercury Insurance. If you're looking to save some money, you should really think about getting a quote from Mercury. Because Californians save an average of $677 with Mercury. It's quick and easy, and in just a few minutes, you might find you could save a lot of money on your auto and home insurance. Plus, Mercury was named one of America's best insurance companies by Insure.com four years in a row. Low rates, big discounts, great insurance. Go to MercuryInsurance.com today to get a quote. It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal health care. And even crazier that we all just accept it. It's time to face facts. Healthcare is backwards. Luckily, there's Forward, a new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. Backed by top-rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, Forward's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With Forward, you get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the Forward app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards health care and start moving your health forward. Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. That's GoForward.com. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $350 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player fine. Peace to the planet. Charlemagne the God here. And you don't want to miss Hello Somebody with Senator Nina Turner on the Black Effect Podcast Network. I love Hello Somebody simply because I love Nina Turner. She's fearless. I'm Nina Turner. Hell-raising humanitarian. Sister in the struggle. 
and recovering elected official. Listen to Hello Somebody every Thursday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but I think about the legacy of what it means to be a brown American, and I think of what it means to be a Native person um, on this deeply stolen land that we're on, um, and to need to say your piece, and to need to say the piece of what's become come before you and to need to really lay it all down, lay it all out. Um, and I think the epic form gives itself over to that because what it's basically saying is like, what she ain't gonna do is interrupt me. Mm. <laughs> I, got, I got some shit to say. My bones are haunted and they all have some shit to say. And you're gonna listen from page motherfucking one to, we just gonna do it all the way to 72 in this bitch, yeah. right? Like, uninterrupted, right? So that, that is to me what the epic poem and what Tommy is like delivering is this idea of sit your ass down, get a drink of water because I'm gonna be a minute because you had your time. You actually, you actually had your time. Um, and I, I just wanna say like one last thing, which is that Tommy's obviously like deeply fucking fabulous. And it's like very obvious. It's like you're not, you're not special for having noticed that. It's not, you know, it's like that's pretty obvious to the wackest among us that he is like deeply fly. Um, and I think it's really easy to want to consume flyness. It's really easy to want to put it in your mouth and gobble it up. Um, but what would it look like to listen and listen to flyness and let flyness exist on its own without needing to put your fucking thumbprints all over it? Like what would it look like just to let him shine? Right, and so I want us to practice the art of like listening and the art of like holding him up to say whatever the fuck he motherfucking wants to say for as long as he motherfucking wants to say it. And when I say him, that is like a stand-in for him, for everything that he loves, for his mama, for his daddy, for his fucking siblings, for his cousins, for fucking Sade, for Aretha, whatever he wants to bring, whatever this holy motherfucker wants to bring into this space, we're gonna give some room for that, right? Because yeah. this is literally like history happening and a legendary ass moment. So I hope that you're like got your hashtags together, right? <laughs> Please get your hands like in like ready to do what it needs to be doing right now. <laughs> no, no, no! I see people out there looking, fucking blinking at me. Get your hands up like this. The fuck? I actually have a microphone and will embarrass you like this. I have literally no home training. I was raised by bad people, so just like get fucking ready, right? And if you understand what's about to happen or you have an inkling as to what might pop, please, like, bang your hands furiously get together for this incredible human being and actual, like, living griot ancestor, motherfucking Tommy Pico. Thank you. Damn. Wow. That was, that was really, thank you. That was beautiful, Angel. Uh, I hope, I would say that I hope I live up to your introduction, but I motherfucking will, so. <laughs> all right, thank you all for coming. Uh, here we go, I'm just gonna read from this book for a little while, uh, and I think you're gonna enjoy yourself, so here we go. From Nature Poem. I can't write a nature poem because it's fodder for the noble savage narrative. I would slap a tree across the face, I say to my audience. Let's say I'm at a pizza parlor. Let's say I'm having a slice at the bar. This man walks in to pick up his to-go order. Let's say his order isn't ready yet and he's chatty. Let's say I'm in Portland because people don't talk to me in NYC. Let's say he's like, 
Meatballs are for the baby. Pizzas for the little man. Caesar salads for the wife. And the beer, he points to the beer and then thumbs at himself. Beer's for me. He has one of those cracked skin summer smiles. He keeps talking like I want to hear him, like he's so comfortable, like everybody owes him attention. I'm a weirdo Indian faggot. He puts his hands on the ribs of my chair, asks, do I want to go into the bathroom with him? Let's say it doesn't turn me on at all. Let's say I literally hate all men because literally men are animals. That's the kind of nature I would write a poem about. Mm. Oh, but you don't look very Indian is a, peop- is a thing people feel comfortable saying to me on dates. What rhymes with fuck off and die? <laughs> it's, ha- it's hard, thank you. It's hard, it's hard to look like something most people remember as a ghost, but... I understand the allure of wanting to know. Knowledge, or its approximate artifice, is a kind of equilibrium when you feel like a flea in whiskey. I used to read a lot of perfect poems. Now I read a lot of Garbage by A.R. Ammons. The old mysteries avail themselves of technique. It's disheartening to hear someone say there's no magic left because I love that YouTube of Amy Winehouse singing Love is a Losing Game at the Mercury Prize ceremony. And yesterday I overheard that Brooklyn means broken land. There aren't many earthquakes in the city, but there's the fault line of my head that I'll always live on. Pain is alienating, but blue breath breaking on a voice is the kind of magic that makes people believe. What, I learned to ask, does an Indian person look like exactly? Gay men are the worst people ever. (laughs) Because, 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 if they don't want to fuck you, you're nothing to them. But they love dogs. (laughs) They're like, you know what I mean? They're like, uh, pupper, like, it's a doge, it's a job. Like, shut the fuck up. I don't care about your motherfucking dog. I don't care about your baby. I don't care about your relationship. I don't care about your couple's Instagram. I don't give a fuck. Let me live my life. Uh, when I say I'm having a catfish bond me, what I mean is leave me alone. What I mean is I love candy, but I'm an adult. I only let myself have candy at the movies. So I've been going to the movies a lot. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes on dates, I buy the box of gold bears, but keep them scrunched in the cup holder on the armrest because I don't want him to think I'm the kind of adult who still hoovers candy, by which I mean, I don't want to be the kind of adult who still hoovers candy, but fuck, I still bought him like in good fun was going to offer him some, but he doesn't like sweets. And I thought too long about the prospect of Box of Gummies Breach, and we've been kind of cuddling, so the flick is halfway over. And all those other snacky losers finish their soppy nachos
nachos and shit are just wrapped in the movie like a normal person, and it's way past the crinkling hour, but holla fucking Luya, he has to pee, so I quick rip the shit like a bird neck, eat a handful of gummy bears, shove the box back in my backpack before he gets back, NBD, crisis averted, the earth, a golden orbit of simplicity. Uh, my mixtape is coming out in like six months. <laughs> I shoot through your stupid sky like a stupid sky. You're like the third convertible in a row or like seafoam socks in the fat far rockaways. I can't look you in the eye and listen at the same time. You're not stupid at all. You say things like the skin of art. But here with me, but here with me in the back of this margarita, you must be very stupid. People here wear stupid shirts that button all the way to the top of the tower and inevitably fall. I look too much into the mirror of my worst self. So life always feels like breaking in a new pair of shoes. And my hunch is we'll be naked soon, having sex like those hand soaps that smell like parsley. Sort of refreshing, but chemical. Nothing like the real thing. And you would probably notice if we fucked with all my clothes on, because you're, of course, so hazel and stupid. Nothing can fall that wasn't built except maybe my self-esteem, because I have a hunch that I was born with it intact, but America came, smacked me across the face and said, like it. And the sick thing is getting smacked across the face makes me so wet right now. And that's probably why poetry, because in order to get inside, a poem has to break you. The way the only thing more obvious than your body is leaving your shirt on in the pool. Everyone's looking for their stupid soulmate right now. Sade likens dating to war. She says she's on the front lines, which is also a kind of hunger. Really, I just see the teeth. Or a desert. You know you're thirsty when you wonder, does the bartender think I'm cute? Or is he trying to get a tip? But that's the wilds for you. Everyone wants to know where can they meet a good guy and then wants to go to a gay bar on a Saturday night. I'm cool with contradictions, but don't lie to yourself. Hope is a charred skeleton of a house visible from a road that snakes through the valley of memory where the fig trees burst from the ground like throaty laughter. Winter, like thirst, is one of nature's ultimate burns, implicit in which is the analogy of touching a hot stovetop. I'm tired of astrology and BFFs saying, find the spring, because spring is an asshole. Getting your hopes and temps up and then plunging like self-esteem. Plus, it's nearly half terrifying to show again the sea of my body. And yet, I like the way my head shivers, resting on your stomach when you say, boy, if I keep hanging out with you, I'm going to get a six-pack from laughing. <laughs> Stars are characters in the tome of the night sky, which I should work more at deciphering, 
But no, I'll just sit here and think about the sequel to a beautiful mind I just invented called a ugly bag. <laughs> And literally can't stop giggling to myself in the cool, quiet office like, it's bad. It's a high school math test, someone farted situation. <laughs> but tracing shapes in the stars is the closest I get to calling a language mine. The ripening mango. Three snaps in a Z formation. Amy Winehouse. Naming is basic and audacious. Acclaim. My ideal power couple name is Tomkula. That's Tommy and Dracula. Because, because I'm pretty sure that ancient horror faggot could get it. Plus, I'm into upward mobility. I know my way around caskets. And I would love to mist myself through doors. I sit in the cool, quiet office and invent myself some laughs in an attempt to maneuver from a sticky kind of ancestral sadness, being an Indian person in occupied America. And the magic often works until I think, why is it so damn hard to spell maneuver? And why does it always look wrong? My great-grandparents had almost no contact with white people, like the shudder of a poem is the only place where I can illusion myself some authority. Everyone remembers the weather when discovering a body. I think it's perfectly natural to look skyward. I can't, thank you, I can't write a nature poem because English is some Stockholm shit. It makes me complicit in my tribe's erasure. Why should I give a fuck about poetry? It's a container for words like whilst and hither and tamp. It conducts something of permanent and universal interest. Poems take something like an apple and turn it into the skin, the seeds, and the core. They talk about gravity, about Adam, and Snow White, and the stem of knowledge. To me, Apple is an Indian drag queen who dresses like a milkmaid and sings half-breed by Cher. I would listen, I would give a wedgie to a sacred mountain and gleefully piss on the grass of the park of poetic form when no one's looking. I would stroll into the china shop of grammar and shout, let's trash this dump, and then gingerly step out. And unrelated, once I called a cab to take me through the drive-thru at White Castle after the dining room closed. I sob at a Tim Lugos that Roy is reading me on the vegan diner on the formerly Italian side of Grand Street. This is our medium, he says. My grandmother dreamed of Tin Pan Alley and wrote a song once with the chorus, your kisses drop like atom bombs. Get in, loser. We're touring landscapes of the interior. In the mist of words, the plume, the matter, and the radiant energy. When a star dies, it becomes any number of things, like a black hole or a documentary. 
The early universe of our skin was remarkably smooth. Now I stand in a rapidly dampening Christina Aguilarity. The first stars were born of a gravity, my ancestors. Our sky is really the only thing, same for me as it was for them, which is a pretty stellar inheritance. I don't know how they made sense of that swell up there, how they survived long enough to make me, and am sort of at war with sentimentality generally, but that absence of an answer, yet suggestion of meaning, isn't ultimately that different from a poem. So I've started reading the stars. And nothing is possible until it happens, like digesting sulfur instead of sunlight or friends with benefits. Poems were my scripture and the poets, my gods, but even gods, I mean especially gods, are subject to the artifice of humanity. I look up at the poem, all of them up there in the hot sky, and fall into the water, a stone. What if I really do feel connected to the land? What if the mountains around the valley where I was born, what if I see them like faces when I close my eyes? What if I said hi to them in the mornings and now all their calls go to voicemail? What if I would ride my big wheels down the drive too fast, head first into the chaparral and I'd steal myself from them scratchy, having felt the pulse? What if I said sorry under my breath when I sat on moss on the rock at the creek behind myself? I would look like a freaking moron basket case. I get disappointed by stupid Indians writing their dumb nature poems like grow up, faggots. I look this thought full in the face and I want to throw myself into traffic. Admit it. This is the poem you wanted all along. It's hard to be anything but a pessimist. When you feel the earth rotting away on so many homepages and Taylor Swift is an idiot and cigarettes cost an arm and a leg. I'm on a porch. I'm petting kitties. And there's lavender in the air. The sun is over the hill. And my friend Roy knows the names of all the plants in his front yard. One of the kitties is named Witch Baby. And she likes to perch around your neck. The air is clear, and all across Instagram, peeps are posting pics of the sunset. Thanks. <laughs> Y'all better stand up and clap for this motherfucker. What the fuck is wrong with you? You better get up and clap. So we're here today to celebrate the release of Nature Poem. From Tin House Books, this is Tommy Pico's second book of poetry. His first book, if you hadn't, haven't read it, IRL, <laughs> came out last year. And it's a relentless, anxious dive into the life of a gay indigenous person named Teebs living and writing in New York. It is all the ADD of the grinder generation, but with a profound historical and political outlook. Teebs returns in Nature Poem a bit quieter, 
a bit more thoughtful, but no more settled or less anxious. Anxiety comes out now with more focus and restraint. The book doesn't go off the rails in the same way that IRL does. It's an arrow shot straight at a bullseye. What does it mean, Teebs asked, to be an indigenous poet? Is writing against expectation still bowing to it? What happens at the intersections of identity? If gay men are urban by convention and indigenous people are connected to nature, what happens if you're both? And what if Teebs' desire to smack a tree in the face is just as limiting as the need to write a nature poem in the first place? So to start, start the discussion, thoughts, I wanted to ask two questions. Number one, who among you would go camping? <laughs> That's good. Okay. Relevant. And number two, for you, how did the resistance to writing a nature poem drive the poem forward? Is this actually a nature poem at all? I was a Boy Scout, um, and I... Hi, my name's Fran, and I was a Boy Scout. <laughs> I hated every second of it. But every you, single second. And camping. Camp. Camping was required, I think. I'm pretty sure it's required because I had to go. Um, what did it smell like? It smelled like dirt and soot and like boy. I did meet my first boyfriend at Boy Scout camp, mm. though. So. Was it a broke-back situation? It was not a broke-back situation. It was more like, well, I, I, I think I've said this to you guys before, but like one of the things that like they teach Boy Scouts to make is like chili mac, which yes. is like chili with macaroni in it. And that is like not... That is, like, not for gay sex. Like, that's a hate crime. Like, that is... Not bottom friendly. Absolutely not no. going to happen. Anyways, <laughs> I hated camping, to answer your question. <laughs> um, well, I think as a community, it's really important that we come together and agree on some definitions. Like, I, when I think, like, when we say camping, I'm like, okay, so we're in a cabin. Uh, there's maybe, like, a project, like, movies. Uh-huh. Um, there's like plumbing, like probably a jacuzzi. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm down to have my regular ass life in the woods. No. <laughs> but I'm not trying to like make allowance. Like, I don't see the litness in like pooping in a hole. Like, like I'm kind of like, like it might get to that the way the world's going. It might get hey. to that anyways. Like, yeah. I'm not. I don't know if I need to get there. I'm trying to like live in the lap of luxury while I can. Um, and if we want to talk about like the peace that nature provides like I'm with that bitch I love the planetarium like I love all that but I just I'm not really gonna be to answer your question I'm not gonna sleep in a tent I'm not gonna be on the floor I'm not gonna have like fucking 87 mosquito bites I'm that's like that's not it yeah Tommy no I'm terrified of Lyme's oh disease my God. Well, that's yeah. <laughs> mostly that I changed mine to that yeah it's gonna be really bad this summer too it is yeah. watch out this really summer bad. check yourself for ticks. yeah um I grew up camp I mean my parents were just so poor that they wanted to go on vacation and literally could not afford a place to sleep. So, like, I grew up in the woods in camp. My parents were both foresters when I was little. You were from a but logging you town. A logging what do you town, mean? Yes. What do you mean? Right? Like, like you're saying, like, forester. I'm like, fam, what is that? So they, they worked for the Forest Service, and they would go out to the woods every day and, like, look at trees. I mean, I, that's how I picture it. They would but go I'm out saying, like, did they, like... Forage berries, like what? <laughs> what is we actually, like? Paint me a pick, fam. We like, did, we did forage huckleberries to make pie. Yes, okay. it's just like, like okay. big, it's like not a joke. It's just <laughs> like, like big bone lick pack. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. So, so I mean, yeah, I like, and I think that part of my moving to New York was kind of the thing that's happening in the poem is trying to sort out. Well, I grew up with this heritage, and what does that mean for myself? Like, my parents were both super connected to nature. I grew up outside. What does it mean to make a life? 
of my own. Do but, you still, how do you feel about nature now? I still camp. Oh, okay. That's what I'm trying to understand. Like, could you, could you, could you survive in it? Like, like if, if we dropped your ass off, like, would you be like... I, could, I retained a lot of Boy Scout because stuff. Because I would be like, I mean, hashtag I, yikes. I'm I, got, I can use a compass and a map. Like, I got the whole thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So in, in the, the apocalypse, apocalypse, I'm, I'm like a good person okay, to stick by. Oh my god, you are, you guys are Hunger Gamesing like real hard right now. Uh, I mean, yeah, I feel like in the poem that nature—I mean, nature is a lot of things in this book. Mm-hmm. But to me, I, I love the idea of Tommy simultaneously loving and hating nature at this at, in this because it, it's a, the whole book deals with a twinning of self, mm. one that hates the the thing and one that like is maybe okay with the thing. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case in every theme in the book, but it's, that's kind of something that I kept getting through it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, right. I hate and love that. It's certainly know? the case with men as well. In yeah, book, right? in the book, absolutely. Hate fucking. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, the book um, is... Hate all... fucking nature? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I, have a surpri- I have a surprise for you, Tommy. In researching and, and just looking through gathering material for what we were going to talk about, I found Tommy on Tumblr originally. Um, I've been reading Tommy for like five and a half years. And I went through Tommy's Tumblr. Oh, no. Um, and Oh, God. I, I know. So many, like, photo booth selfies that are like, oh, my God. <laughs> so he looks hot in every single one of them. He got, he got D with every single one of those. That um, I, was, I was 25 once, yeah. May 22nd, 2012. Tommy said. Oh God, oh God, oh God. So it was, I, it was a, a text post and maybe also a poem. It said, I have it memorized. He said, I love fucking, but I hate nature. Oh. And that was, and that was five years ago. Uh, and I was like, because it's, it comes from a bikini kill song called I love fucking, but I hate danger. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Damn, that next level shit. <laughs> That's that but behind me, the music shit. When I read this, it was kind of like when you're, I don't know, when you're like looking at like Fiona Apple's like B-side tapes or whatever, you're like, oh my God, that's what it meant all along. Like, <laughs> you know, like, I, I feel like it, when I read that, I was like, I was like, yeah, that's kind of, that to me is like what a lot of the book is about. It's like, I, I hate nature, but I have to deal with human nature at the same time. Mm-hmm. I have to deal with myself. And I also ha- get to, like, I love myself as a consequence and of that. And there's like a longing for that thing. And there's a longing for no cultural expectation. Like the cultural expectation yeah. is what fucks everything up, right? I mean, yeah. that's what I'm thinking. Like when you, when we're talking about this whatever dichotomy of like hating it or loving it, whatever the it is, is I'm like, what? Given a clean slate, law by the way, mm-hmm. given a clean slate, well, what do I like? Right. Like if people aren't putting their bullshit on me, what do I actually? What mm. do I? What is? What is like Angel trying to be about in this world? Yeah. And I'm saying like you don't hate nature, nigga. Nature's right. the bomb. Right. I watched Planet Earth. You know what I'm saying? Oh my god, I love Planet yeah. Earth. What the fuck? I watched the I watched the sea one with like the thing. Did you watch the Oprah one and or it had the, the, the that creature oh, with the light the dark, bulb? That bioluminescence shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god, the fishes. The fishes with the. I'm just light. saying that like that's not real. Like no, you don't hate it because it's right. it's the best shit, and it's also it's the only shit, right? But yeah. it's like you hate the relationship you're forced into by. Mm. America, or mm-hmm. by the Western... You hate the Western world, you know what I mean? Wow. And so I, I'm, I'm like, how do you, like, navigate loving what you love and expressing that, and, and even loving what you hate? 
mm-hmm. like in relationship to. Right. The, mm. Well, the thing is, like, I think like the book in a lot of parts is grappling with that the entire way through, mm-hmm. being like, you know, I, I I don't like nature. I hate nature because n- nature makes me suspect that there is a god. You know, mm-hmm. like seeing like Ash going down a mountainside and being like, how does that happen? What the fuck is that? I have no conceptual ability to figure out like as this volcano was erupting, what all this ash is fucking doing. Like, I don't know what that is, but like, that's why I feel like it ends the way that it does as is just like a series of observations. There's lavender in the air, air. The sun is over the hill. My friend Roy knows the names of all the plants in his front yard. This isn't a nature that I asked for. Mm. This isn't a nature that, that I got to define, but it's mine. Mm. And I sort of love it. I think it, it ends on an ex, a, like a level of acceptance, yeah. right? I want to talk about <laughs> microaggressions. <laughs> I feel like if we, if Food for Thought were to ever host Sesame Street, it would be like, the word of the day is microaggressions, <laughs> you know, like, but I, I feel like this, I mean, this was like, this is in a lot of your work, Tommy, and this was in IRL, and this is like in a lot of nature poem. How, I guess, how do we as like, how do we as thoughts deal with microaggressions? How do, how do we like use it for art later? How do we make it a teachable moment in the moment? Or do we just not do that? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, I don't, um, and this is bad because I'm truly only 28, so I'm not, like, gonna die soon, hopefully. But I, I'm already, like, I'm already, like, done. Like, I've capped yeah. out. Like, so if, if I'm experiencing microaggressions, it's motherfuckers I know. Like, it's no longer strangers, because, like, catch me later if I don't know you. Like, if I don't know you, then we're maybe on the Q train together, and that's it. Like, it's not, I don't really talk to people I don't fucking know. So microaggressions really reach me when it's, um, the relative of a loved one or mm. someone from out of town or like what, just, just all these ways that you, in some ways you, I, you know, you build up this little like opus of homies, much mm-hmm. like you see on this motherfucking, these stools and you get so used to talking your own shit and, and sort of speaking in your own dialect and doing your thing and feeling safe-ish. And so it kind of, unpre- I feel unprepared sometimes mm. when I, when it reaches me, when these little things, and, it, and it's not, you know, whatever. I mean, you guys know, you watch TV. It's not like just like someone touching my hair or something. It's also just someone asking me a question, like some shit you can't ask somebody. Like mm-hmm. you literally, if someone has a soul, you can't ask them that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and so I guess I, I, what, you know, if you're asking like what I think about microaggressions is like, if you thought the way to not have them was to stop talking to people you don't know, mm. that's not the way. Because yeah. people you fucking know, you know, so it's like, that's not it. So when that happens, do you, do you just, do you respond with, like, shock, disbelief? Do you <laughs> shut down? Do you, like, do you tell somebody? M- my, you know the, the, do you guys know the book uh, Citizen by Claudia Rangame? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. She was, she was, it's all about microaggressions, but she was in, she was doing this reading in Paris. And <laughs> she said that, you know, you just, I don't know, I mean, y'all know, when you're, like, invited to do, like, a reading or something, you're, you can't, you don't know who you're on the bill with. Like, it's just like whoever the fuck the curator was like, this will be great. Like, <laughs> a little bit of this and a little bit of racism. Blah, blah. Like, we'll throw it together and see what happens. Um, but this guy, like, so then afterwards, after you do the reading, you usually have these, like, weird dinners that are terrible. You know, like, you're like, I, I'm going to get my food to go. Like, this is not what's Ooh. up. Um, but she was go. on this bill with this guy, and he acts some wild shit. Like, he posed some shit to the table, but was only looking at her. And was just like, you know, like, so, like, it was a, super dated, too. Like, it was recently, but he asked about 9-11, and 
obviously like equated that to Islam because he's out of his fucking mind. And she just like, she was like, so, you know, I just repeated it back to him and mm. gave it to him. Mm. I gave it back. I was like, I didn't order this. Here you go. <laughs> so that's my new method. If someone's like, so, like, did you grow up with a dad? I'm like, huh, did I grow up with a dad? <laughs> Here you go. I didn't order this shit. You sound like you want to eat that. I don't want to eat that. That's not for me. That's not mine. There you go. One time someone literally asked me if I knew how to salsa dance. And I was like... Now I know. Do I know how to salsa dance? <laughs> you have to do that do hand I, motion. Do too. I know how to salsa dance? <laughs> <laughs> or oftentimes, uh, you know, like in interviews, people will be like, "So, uh, in in Indian country or on Indian reservations or with Indian people, does X happen?" And I'm like, "It's a version of that, but it's like it's it's like a little diversion. It's like." Um, I am actually not a representative. For, th- there are a multiplicity of experiences amongst American <laughs> Indian people, both on and off Indian reservations. Uh, I don't happen to be emblematic of any of those things. Let me tell you about what I think. And then, uh, you know, because like a, a state of differentiation. There are other ones that I just, like, I just kind of, hmm, I sit with and I think like, you know, it's still, do- to, a, to a certain extent, there is, there is that one, that there, there is that shield that like, did I do blank? That that you let it kind of bounce off of you. There's another one, and I think uh, what Angel was sort of talking about are like people who are close to you, or people who are friends of friends, or people who are in your life somehow, however ambiently they are. Uh, I also think too of pop culture in that way, uh, just being like, hmm, I don't know how I feel about the word savage. People say it all the time. I don't know how I feel about that. Do I ha- do? Can I? Can that piss me off? can it? You know, it is like historically a term used to dehumanize American Indian people and it's sort of like in the in culture again. And I just like I just like have to sit I sometimes just sit back, you know, spirit animal. Hmm. Mm. That kind of I think that mocks in American mm-hmm. Indian spirituality. How do I feel about that? Do I get mad? It's all it happens all the time. I can't filter that out of my life. How do I respond, you know? Mm. So I think it's time we move on to our next segment. Uh, I'm feeling, thank you so much for thank all you. of this. I'm feeling so full, but I could fit <laughs> one more thing inside of me. So this week, <laughs> uh, this week, our dessert is Master of None. Particularly because I saw Fran and Angel getting their life about Master of None on Facebook, and it's just like, we have to talk about this. Which was maybe a mistake. I might want to open up with the fact that that's a mistake. Because? Like, because I really, I, I mean, for, so I'm, I'm going to make eye statements. I don't know if you're going to feel this level oh, of hateration no. that I'm about to bring. Oh, no. But I, sometimes you ever, like, get so excited? Like, I just am an excitable bitch. Like, I can't wait. Like, I don't know. Do you guys know Enneagram? I'm a seven. So I, like, love, I love, I'm, like, such a, I love options and opportunity. Like, I'm, like, yes, so many doors. Which one will I go through? Like, this is so great. I love celebrating. Um, so I, lo- I can't wait to, like, turn up all the way when I like something and celebrate it. Mm. But then what happens is I'm, I, like, celebrate it. And then, like, everyone thinks that it's an invitation to, like, be, I'm like, oh shit, 
this is like still my crib. Like my <laughs> thoughts are my crib. You can't just come in here. You know what I mean? And so it was like I and, and specifically in Master of None, it's made by a brown person, mm -hmm. and it's inherently brown. It, for me, like when I watch it, I'm like, this shit is, this shit is so fucking POC. Mm -hmm. And some of the stuff that is funny, it's funny because I, because I know what the fuck he's talking about. And so when I'm watching it, and it's like, a, you know, I'll be like watching it with the people, and it's like a white person's laughing. I'm like, I know why I'm laughing. What the fuck are you? Like, <laughs> what are you looking at? It's kind What's of to say? Like everything, you know, people can enjoy whatever the fuck. Please do you like? Let's all enjoy shit that is rad and good. But I do I, when I want to celebrate some shit for its essence of fucking blackness or brownness. It feels strange to have a bunch of white people be like, "Yeah, that black episode was cool." Or I'm like, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> like, I don't. I don't want to unpack this on a Facebook thread with like you know Meryl from my junior high school. Like I don't. Ears are like, burning. It kind of goes back to the thing that we're talking about about your book, when it's like, how do I love something mm. and just not care about the gross ways that someone else might be loving it, mm -hmm. or even the good ways that someone is loving it, but it's so different from the way that I love it, mm. and I don't, and I can't, you know, like what? Where's that line? Or like, how do you mm. like toe that? I, to love things across difference. But my hot take, I like as much as I like love and it just poured like hot you know like turmeric into the cup of my soul i st i still i feel a little tangled about the thanksgiving episode wow i felt tangled it's so strange to feel so relieved and so fussed by something at the same time mm. because it also felt super easy mm. like i think people who aren't black and gay mm. are like that was groundbreaking and for me i was like that's no uh, I mean, it's groundbreaking that you, you're, you're seeing it, mm -hmm. but it's, that's like perhaps a Wednesday, and that's perhaps not even an honest portrayal of a Wednesday, mm -hmm. right? Like, it, it was a little, it, it progressed in one episode the way it, it was like crunched or something. Like, mm -hmm. I was like, there's no way that people are making these leaps. I don't know, and I know it was over like years and years spans of time, but there was something about it that felt... Oh, really fictive, and I know that it's fucking mm. fiction, but mm. things don't need to feel fictive, especially if they're supposed to be saving us, you know? Mm. Um, so I think I... I, I Is was, it that it's still, at the end of the day, it was still a commodity? N no, it was that at the end of the day, it was like, baby girl, like, you're still my baby girl, or something. I was like, nigga, that's not what it is. Like, mm. like when people are intolerant, they're intolerant. They, it's like, in spite of themselves. Like, my dad is like, I love you no matter what you do, and I don't like that you're doing this shit, but I can't even help it I fuck with you so much. It's not like baby girl at the end of the day, like, mm. like, like, it, like, I was like, what the fuck, Who, this is not it, you know? And, and I'm not saying that my experience is like everyone's experience, but I think that there's a complicatedness about being a parent and having a specific idea about what she, the person you motherfucking made is gonna do, them doing the opposite shit of that, mm. is not cleanly resolved in, in you in, in, you introduce them to a dope bitch, you bring home a whack bitch, and then they see the dope bitch again, and they're like, yeah, 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 woo, yeah, yeah. I love that you're gay. Like, that's mm. not right, right, the right, right, fucking right, right. Oh narrative. So I, I don't know, there's something, that, that tangled me a bit. So then just to have a bunch of just like Oberlin gra white grads be like, I love the Thanksgiving episode. I was like, nigga, let me shut down my Facebook. I can't fuck with <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't think I can do this. And that's, any, my, and that's my hot take. Any other hot takes? <laughs> I would watch that show. Just Angel's Hot Takes. Would watch. I would watch Angel's Hot Takes. Coming to you at Netflix. <laughs> some, of them, some of them are too hot, these takes. <laughs> See me in the group, me, because some of them are too hot, these fucking takes. Uh, I think that uh, wraps up the dessert segment. Thank you so much for for uh, doing this with us. Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé. Our engineer and producer for this episode is the fabric of our lives, Alexandra De Palma. Yes, baby, yes. Uh, we would be uh, nothing without uh, 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 her tireless work on our show to make us sound like we know what the fuck we're talking mm. about. Because uh, we don't. Yes. Um, she is our mom and our dad. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for all of Alex your hard work. Alex in the building. Alex in the building. I'm Tommy Pico. You can find me at HeyTeebs, H-E-Y-T-E-E-B-S, on all relevant social media. Heavy on the BS. I'm Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com. And I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squish Co. on any social media you want. Yeah, I hate it, too. I made it when I was like, really. <laughs> I'm Angel Nafis. You can find me at uh, Tommy Teeps Pico's number one fan dot org. <laughs> Backslash edu. Thank you, Angel, for being here with us. Thank you guys yeah. for having me. Y'all are beautiful. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, thank you. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to make sure that we come back for a season two. Season two? Um, so, uh, you can find us at Food for Thought Pod at Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Follow our newsletter for episode insights, reading lists, and extra delectable content at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. And finally, email us with your questions, thoughts, concerns, or dick pics at thoughts dick pics. at, <laughs> at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that's food. Food, the number four, four. and thought spelled how? T H O T. Thanks you. for coming. See you thank next you, season. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.